Welcome to the 11th episode of Hashtag Wolves. I'm your host, Noah, and as always, I'm here with my co-host, Will in the Wolves Den. How are we doing? Doing good. The Wolves, on the other hand, it seems like we're just a couple games away from even slipping out of the playoff picture into ninth place. Butler is out, and the next five games are looking pretty tough, so we're kind of in a semi-panic mode. Um, all that being said, we'll sprinkle that in as we talk about three games from this past week. Monday at the Kings, Thursday at the Blazers, and Friday at the Jazz. We pick up that win against the Kings, and we definitely needed it this week. Yeah, uh, to, to the Wolves' credit, we're still in fourth in the West, so I just want to sit on your point a little bit, mm-hmm. that yes, we are like two steps away from being in ninth. I think we're whoever's in ninth right now is two and a half games out. Yep. So these next five games are really going to be make or break. I'm sure right. we've said that before, but I think it really is crunch time, no pun intended. Yes. Um, and so, yeah, so the Kings game was really the only highlight of the week. I, I think it was honestly a solid win. Obviously, it's the Kings, but at this point, we're still fresh off of not having Butler. But this capped us leading the league with games with five-plus guys and double digits, so it was another one of those overall, all-around consistent games. And again, Jim Pete brought up as he has been lately, that Jim Te- Jeff Teague needs to be efficient and sort of take over in the role that Jimmy Butler did. Obviously, no one can do that fully, but he needs to step up. And in this game, at least, he did 44% from three in the last four games. Jamal's been at 40% in a similar set of games. But it's still scary to depend on shooting and not sort of drive to the basket and this more rigid style of play. Mm-hmm. I feel like Jimmy has more of a less variant style because if you want to you can shoot and if he wants to you can probably get to the hole where with Jamal especially I feel like you're just leaning on shooting so much that it does make me a little more nervous these stats are great but I still think that there's more variance inserted into them definitely and Jimmy he's kind of old school he gets to the line and he takes mid-range jumpers so now we're seeing ourselves looks like float out more to rely on threes yep. and just different kinds of offensive uh, threats. And with Jimmy, we see games where he shoots over 85 to 90% free throws all the time and goes like 14 for 14 from the line, things yep. like that. So yeah, that's a very consistent old school style of basketball, you could say. So we're going to miss that, obviously, but it's no shocking headline that we're going to miss Jimmy Butler. So I guess we don't have to keep beating that horse. Yep. So, yeah, it was consistently throughout the game. One little off-topic <laughs> off thing. Golden One Credit Union Center could just... I mean, someone needs to change the brand or the name, but... I, I That's think, an NBA arena? Yeah, it's uh, Golden One Credit Union Center. Wow. I think they call it the Golden One Center to have it more of like the... That gives it more punch. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, but, wow, Golden One Center really, really... <laughs> catchy it could be i saw like multiple tweets like i've never heard of golden one like who would they bribe yeah they they should have just said that they play at the oracle and like split games with <laughs> it's worth uh, the drive yeah the warriors and then this game we shot 52 percent um 25 points off turnovers wigs 22 teague 20 so it was sort of a a great example of what we could be if these guys step up but obviously the next two games were not that this game the line was negative five us and we beat that it was the only game this week where we did beat our line even though we had some sympathy in the next two games on the line and this is our first road win since january 22nd 
again, like this is the this is the only positive game of the week, so I guess I'm trying to extract all the the happiness yeah, I from it. Yeah, well, and you you did a great job. Like <laughs> all, uh, the first win on the road since January 22nd just absolutely shocks me. Like well, especially while we were playing well during that period. Right, it's not like, like old wolves who have 14 wins or something. Oh my god, they had the first road win in a while. But yeah, it just shows how well we were doing at home. So yeah, I, I thought of February as like a decent month. I know there's the All Star break and it's a short month. Oh, in so it so, inflates that set. Yeah, a little bit, but it was like, wow, I. It, it doesn't look good for our road record, but it does have something to say for like we're able to keep ourselves afloat by playing well at home. Yeah, so it was a positive thing, but then obviously that spun into the next two games. If you want to touch on the Blazers a little bit. Yeah, all that being said, so some struggles on the road. We lost the Blazers 108 99, so it was close. And we were in the game in the fourth quarter, but we really let Lillard kill us. He went off for 35, and when it was close, he he closed us out. And that's where I think we missed Jimmy. I mean, yeah, um, he's he's there, Jimmy. Yeah, yeah. right. So yeah. Nice to have ours. <laughs> yeah, like the top player on their team, somebody who I don't think Lillard is a great defender, nowhere near where Jimmy would be, but just no. definitely an offensive But more just killer. how much they lean on him. Yes. Yeah, and he goes and gets them a bucket the same way Jimmy would for us, and Yep. Carl played really, really well to his credit. He had 34 and 17. Um, so it really mounted to a close loss on the road. Um, and Portland's playing well, but now like we, we see how much we really need that closer in these good good games. And I had that the Blazers are now the three seed. I don't think it was the case right immediately after that game, but they're a team that's on par with the Wolves. But I definitely felt like we, we could have beaten them this night. I think they're, they're kind of our rivals. It, they're, yeah. they're someone we'd want to beat 6 out of 10 times, but mm-hmm. to beat them 7, 8, 9, or 10 would be shocking. Because they're yeah. not bad, but we would hope that we're better than them just because throughout the year we've been higher than them in the standings. But without Butler and on the road, a 9-point loss is not that shocking at all to me. So mm-hmm. I wasn't that upset with it. But going into individual players, Jim Pete, again, kept talking about efficiency. So the difference between the two games is that I just said how efficient Crawford and Teague were, and Wiggins played a pretty good game against the Kings. Against Portland, Wiggins went 7 for 20, 20 shots. Teague went 5 for 14, and Crawford went 5 for 13. Each of them well shooting below 40%. Right. So, and then it's clear that Towns picked up their slack because he goes 11 for 12 from the free throw line and shoots 11 for 19. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, Towns did everything that he could. And so this is one of those games where maybe Butler could come in and save the day. Now, Bielitsa went four for five, but he only put up five shots, right? Right, so it's he's almost not like, going to give you enough volume. He, he just, just he hasn't it. throughout the whole year. And I, I think I used his like bench, how he's coming off the bench for a while as an excuse, but now it's like he doesn't really have much. I mean, it, it could be that guys aren't passing to him or he's not aggressive enough, but like it's it's not really Tibbs' fault no. anymore. If there's a bright side from the Jimmy injury, it would be let's see our wings play more and let's see Belly at the three and kind of hand him the keys... To and he's a lot done of well, offense. but you yeah. just need more of it. Like, right. you got to fill the shots that Jimmy's taking, and those are a lot. Mm. So, Wiggins and Crawford, like, leaning on that is just going to lead you probably to a path of inefficiency. So, like, uh, yeah, I, I guess it's just time for Belly to step up, but maybe his numbers would go down if he just starts chucking up shots like That's these guys true. do. So, it's sort That's of a, a catch-22. It, it's a tough situation, and 
it's funny that throughout this whole season, and I don't think we've touched on this in the podcast before, but when I see Wiggins, Teague, and Crawford <laughs> all play a good game at the same point, I feel like it's kind of wasted because those guys can be sort of night and day. So the fact that they all played really, really... Oh, like why well, they all have to show yeah, up on the same night? This is Especially a, when Jimmy is around. It's like, this, we don't yeah. need you. Yeah, this is a totally unfounded thing, but it's like, oh, Crawford and Crawford of the 21st century, like Andrew Wiggins, you are just the guys that shoot kind of streaky. It's like, oh no, both of them can't be hitting tonight because for the next week, they'll be out of sync or mm-hmm. something like that. And it's that. probably less of a coincidence than we think because maybe Wiggins is chucking insanely stupid shots and Crawford's like, okay, now I got to start. Like, <laughs> Yeah, show the young guy e- either how like it's done. It gives you, it allows you to do that or you're doing it because you're like, Wiggs is over here bricking shots. Like, I might as well give it a go. Yeah, the pressure's on. So we'll do some deep dive analytic research on that. But that was, <laughs> you, you made a great point there about how it was night and day for those three scorers between the Kings game and the Blazers game. And Portland being a better team, so it just kind of signed us up for not a good time. You could see that happen. You could see that come in. Uh, Then as we look forward to, or turn around uh, Friday at the Jazz, we lose 116-108, kind of a remarkably similar type of game. We lose, goes to over 100 points, and we kind of let it slide in the fourth quarter. The big difference is that Towns and Teague get ejected. Towns in the second, Teague in the fourth quarter. And Towns was whining about foul calls, and Teague basically body-checked Rubio into, like, the first, maybe oh, second. Oh, yeah, well, I saw that. I know we don't usually talk about sort of the off-court stuff, but did you see the Jimmy tweet? Yeah, no, we'll save the beef. I okay. got a little, we'll nice. break down a couple <laughs> headlines, yeah. Um so it is the Oscars, so we might as well get some drama here. Yes, that's true. And uh, if we can sneak in, our, are we doing Oscars preview or breakdown? Because we're recording right in the middle of the uh, show. That might be a premium package episode. Got it. All right, yeah. Pay, pay, pay for play. Pay, pay for our Oscars preview, and we'll basically just call you and tell you what movies we liked from the past <laughs> year. So that losing those two without Jimmy, it really kills you. And... Wiggins and Teague step up. They get 27 and 25 points respectively. But we kind of started to look lifeless in the fourth quarter and let the lead slip away. Even though it was at like only four points, we just let Donovan Mitchell slice through us. Rudy Gobert played really well. And even, you know, our guy Ricky Rubio put together a solid game. Yeah, but just without those guys and without Jimmy, you could even make a stamina argument because if you don't have Towns and Butler, Mm -hmm. after, you know, going to the second half, you got to make some sort of decisions yeah, and not so have your best guys in. I, I have no idea who's going to step up because Taj, he's a first quarter star, you know, so what what's he going to do Six much eight. in the second half? Yeah. And another point that I find interesting is both those were nationally televised games. So I just think it's kind of a bummer to lose just got an back to back. Yeah, on TV because I know we played the Rockets and the Celtics on nationally televised games, and we've <laughs> dropped a lot of those. So mm-hmm. it's just kind of frustrating to go, Wolves, it's time to step up when the bright lights Well, and, and you, you play better teams on national TV because that's why you're on it. Right. So, yeah, it, but it does show that you're not a top-tier team yet if you're looking at going, like, 0-4 on national nationally televised games. It yeah. probably means you're not a big league team yeah yeah and i'm sure in the finals like steve kerr is going to be looking at oh how did our opponent do on national tv but it, these, as, yeah, these are really helpful saber metrics for coaches yeah. as a fan everything we do is- as a fan i was looking at these two games and going it would have been nice to pick 
one of these up. Maybe the one on the front end because a back-to-back can be tough. And Utah has the goofy altitude and Mormons. No offense. So it just it's a it's an interesting five thirty eight. There's actually like a like a one or a zero in their model. You could say that is based. So Utah and Denver, mm-hmm. they get a, it's harder to play at those stadiums actually. Right. So yeah, fatigue plus altitude. I don't know. And but they didn't mention the golden one. Equity center. Oh, yeah, already, yeah, that, that's not built into it. the model. Okay, got no. it. That and no one knows where they're playing at. So yeah. So that yeah, that really wraps up our week. How would you say the one and two looks for the week? Expected, right? I mean, we don't grade based on what our expectations are going into the week necessarily. It's sort of just overall performance. So yeah, you give it like a C or even lower. Yeah. Just because you know, thirty three percent is not really the benchmark that we need to have around, but two. Not top tier, but above average teams. Maybe away. playoff teams, yeah. And not having Butler. Uh, if someone asked me, I think we talked about this last week. I th- I'm pretty sure I said one and two, but I, I know hindsight's twenty twenty. But yeah. I would have said one and two. If someone would have told me we'd be at one and two, I'd go, yeah, sure. I'm like, I'm not really yeah, happy so about I, it. I guess but... that's why I'm being all, be all wish, wishy washy. But I think if we can get through this next five game stretch with what Celtics. Loss, Warriors loss, pickup Wizards. I don't know two wins. Like I'd be happy with two and three. Yeah, I, the good thing is, so you you said it. Celtics uh, Warriors at home though, right? Celtics and Warriors are at home. Then so grab one of those. Right at the Wizards, at the Spurs. Maybe they're with Kawhi at that point, and then home against the Rockets. You have to count that we're going to pick up one of those home wins, just because we do play so well at home. But if we get three, like tell me you aren't shocked or like pleasantly surprised. Three wins. Yeah. Even oh, though yeah. it was six hundred. Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. So I, I think if we were with Jimmy, we'd be, we'd say much more confidently that we could step up and grab another one of those games. But Even then, it'd be like pretty nice to get three wins. Right. I think it's just at this point, with the context of his injury, you have to look and say it's frustrating when we lose, and it's sort of surprising when we beat a good team. It's really, really hard to judge, and it kind of leaves a bad taste it, it, in your it mouth. It just gives you back to the old days where we pick up a win, and you're like, oh. Okay. All right. Yeah. Like, hell yeah. Which isn't like <laughs> it's not the deepest analysis in the world, but it definitely gives a sentiment. I think of where well, I don't think there needs out. to be deep analysis when your best player is gone, right? Mm. It's sort of an obvious thing. You know, if Bielitz is out for two weeks with a sprained ankle, you can kind of go back and forth about. You can just fill in different guys and give right. some people more minutes, but it becomes really clear in this situation how it's going to go, and it, it, it's just scary when we have two and a half games of buffer with yep. a decent amount of games left and jimmy not coming back in the foreseeable future at least in the regular season right is that sort of the yeah i mean the update? i i was hearing today on the radio too that like who knows about the, you know it's not a slam dunk that game one of the playoffs he's going to be 100 percent either so yeah i was listening to wolves wired and they had, a, I think it was a friend who had some medical school experience. Yeah, it was or, really interesting. Or even more. Yeah. It was really great that they had him on. And he said he wished that they would have, when they give injury reports, that they don't put numbers in front of weeks, months, or like a year. So you just say like, it will be months, it will be weeks. Because he says as a doctor, like that's only how confident you can really be. So even when they chuck out four to six weeks, there's a confidence interval around that mm-hmm. and not some certainty. Yeah, and it puts a lot of pressure on all the staff and the players, despite the. Injury. And you gotta think that these guys are like sort of getting pushed to get out there. Yeah, I know. Oh. And then they said Jimmy. Um, I don't know what the 
any of the medical terminology is, but he, he didn't do it's sort of meniscus. the full. Oh. He didn't do like the full repair of it. Mm -hmm. Just get him back. But they said that it easily opens him up for further complications and pain in the future. Yeah. I think he's so competitive that he just won't even sit this year out. It's kind well, of obviously, the, if you're working a nine-to-five job, you probably would have had a different surgery. Yeah, it's kind of the Isaiah Thomas thing. I think I had heard that too. That he, they didn't go for the like the the biggest surgery that might be. And I know it's a big year for us, but right. I feel like Jimmy's gonna have four or five more chances to make a run at a season. Yeah, and it's not if the Wolves aren't to his liking, he'll go somewhere else. So. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. He. I will say though, he does still have a great impact on the team. He's taking shots on Twitter and defending them. Still, you know, still playing defense for the Wolves, but not out there, you know, with the Twitter fingers rather yeah, than. I, 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 you can separate these things. Like, I love Jimmy. I think he's really just a great guy on and off the court. We've loved having him. But I think that tweet was so petty. Yeah, no, I thought so too. So, in case you guys don't know what we're talking about, Jay Crowder was like visibly frustrated at Teague's play on Rubio and I think was like yelling at Tibbs or just mouthing off and Jimmy tweeted at him you don't ever like don't ever speak to my son again yeah like, basically back Tibbs. off Teague more right. or less and and so I get that maybe from the court at the time say something to Jay, Jay Crowder you know like sort of tell him off yeah but once you put it in a tweet right like you know what you're doing it automatically he had, he makes tweeted something more petty. Something crazy in like two years or something. Mm -hmm. So if that's your reason to come back to Twitter, I honestly think he's probably just itching to get back in the game and wanted like to be back with the boys. Well, yeah, feel the excitement a little bit. And it's sort Seriously. of like a back-to-back -back game against Utah. You decide to make this beef against Jay Crowder in a kind of a most random... Utah's kind of a random rival now because of Rubio. I mean, they're in our division. But, you know... Stuff like that. So, but yeah, say, it just seemed a little. Too say much. someone wanted to like tweet in response to the James Harden crossover on Wesley Johnson. It was like that was a big moment, and someone needs to step up for Wesley Johnson. No one really needed to step up for Jeff Teague, but I kind of loved it anyways. Mm -hmm. You know. Yeah, I don't dislike Jimmy for it, but I'm just like, come on, right, man. <laughs> right. The other thing that I forgot to write down to the Wolves buyout Shabazz Muhammad. Yeah. Which I think for most of us is kind of. A mix of relief and, and duh. duh. Yeah, <laughs> okay, so we're both on the same page. But he did put out a tweet saying how much he appreciated his time in Minnesota. So so pretty professional on that front. That's the best you can ask for, right? Yeah, Even I if wish it was the like best a for Boss. PR firm. But yeah, mm. I don't. That's all I can, like, it could go a lot worse in those situations when someone's probably not as getting as many minutes as they should. <laughs> yeah, and Chibaz things like that. hasn't proven himself to be like the smartest guy in the world when it comes to like social media. So for him to just put out a nice canned tweet is pretty good. That's yeah, that's that's where we need to set the bar. But I think a lot of it had to do apparently with his ego towards like what his role on the team should be. Yeah. And I mean that's why he lost the opportunity to get a forty million dollar contract, right? That's kind of what, that's sort of the, the market, headline here. Yeah. That, and apparently his dad pressured him into sort of going for more, and then he ended Yikes. up in this situation. So I'm sure there's a lot of hard feelings towards many about playing time, money, etc. Obviously, he's not hurting for cash, and we're not going to hold like a gold fund me for Shabazz. But no. you do feel for him a little bit. No, yeah, I feel for Shabazz, and I, I do wish him the best. I think time will tell what his real value is around the league as we see how he's going to perform. I think he... I think he I'm not surprised he got picked up. Yeah. I, I, 
it's almost like an injury pickup. Right. You're waiting for one guy to get injured in the team, sort of a versatile, athletic microwave, as we call him sometimes. Yeah. And <laughs> a really, like, leaky microwave. Yeah, at this point in the season, some of these teams aren't making the playoffs, so, like, I don't know, just pick up somebody. To... I would love to have Shabazz on a tanking team. We have had Shabazz on a tanking team. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot of fun. So, sells tickets and whatnot. So, yeah, definitely some of the headlines that we wanted to hit about your your Timberwolves, the good, the bad, and, like, the Jimmy at this point. It's <laughs> a good line. Yeah, so before we do our usual howl, I just want to say that we really appreciate those who listen each week. If you like the show, the best way to show your appreciation is to subscribe on whatever app or service you use and as well as, well as review and rate this podcast. It, it does a lot to get us in sort of to the search engine optimization and get us up in searches for whether it's a Wolves podcast or a basketball podcast. So a review would definitely help us out a lot. And if it's negative, just tweet at us instead of leaving it, maybe. <laughs> well, yeah, I would say if you have any compliments about the show, please direct them to my Twitter and we will have them that like in our breakdown of the episode. If you have any complaints, definitely send that on over to Noah. We like to compartmentalize. Yeah, iTunes bit. is like the the... The compliments box and then the complaints box goes straight to Michael Harnes. Yeah, that's right. So with that... How? How?